0: Hello, hello. <clears throat> podcast Network Asia.
1: Hey everyone, welcome to episode seven of the Great Connections podcast. My name is Chloe. Join me as we get to know the stories of overseas Filipinos and listen in on what it's like to make a living in a new country away from home. The Great Connections Podcast, brought to you by the freebie app, Discarting Pinoy, Descarteng Freebie. Now, I'm really excited for this one because we got a really special guest on the pod. As award-winning writer Shakira Sizon shares her story and experience On being a Filipina lesbian abroad Sad to say, even though it's already 2021, Asian hate crimes, gender-based discrimination, and other acts of hate are still prominent in some parts of the world And for some of our overseas Filipino brothers and sisters, the fear of being the subject of these misguided acts is real and affects their daily lives. That being said, by having Shakira on the pod today and her sharing her story, we hope that this episode can be a source of wisdom, information, and inspiration for all overseas Filipinos. This is Episode 7, Out and Abroad, Pinoy Pride, with Shakira Sison. Hi Shakira, how are you? Hi, thanks so much for having me. Absolutely, we're very happy to have you on the podcast. Uh, As we are recording right now, you are in New York, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm in Brooklyn, New York. And what time is it there? It is 7.45 p.m. 7.45. 7:45. I'm all the way in the Middle East, halfway across the world. So ako naman dito a mga, ano a little past uh, a little before three o'clock in the morning, ah, oh, well, I love good technology. Morning.
0: <laughs> good morning <laughs> to the think, both of all. Oh, well, good morning you thinking, to me and good evening to I you. Thank you. You might love and hate
1: technology. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Meron tayong relationship. It's okay. kind of like a, a a tug of war of emotions with technology, yes, Ngayon, we're very happy because it's helping us reach you half of uh, halfway across the world okay. to have this chat, and this is going to be inspiring and meaning meaningful and um very ano to, eh, very thought opening to para and mind opening so mm-hmm. I want to start at the very beginning of your story or your journey as you may want to call it. when did you realize that you were attracted to the same sex or you are you are who you are Kailan may turning point ba sa yun what age were you I mean how old were you at the time tell us about that
0: okay uh, I think I was pretty like boyish when I was a kid pero mm-hmm. like um, as far as like attractions I, maybe I, I had like a few crushes here and there but I never really thought about it also because since I was very boyish and I played mga kalaro ko puro lalaki, and ang hilig ko sa sports parati akong pinapagalitan, right, ng not my parents, not at all, but like, you know, other grown-ups parating sinasabihan na walang magkakagusto sayo, kung ganyan, kung titibuka, right? So, or if you like sports too much, no one's going to, no boy is going to like you. So, major parang, you know, when you're a child, parang, when you're a girl, right, parang yun yung ideal situation na parang that's why your pag walang magkagusto sa iyo parang worthless kana right so medyo naman parang it's so, a yeah, social construct yes yeah, right? that's right especially girls and that's what you teach girls which is kind of terrible right kasi parang it's problematic <laughs> it's problematic like hoyo working tata ba right or yung skin mo mm. alagaan mo or, like welcome papa item right we always hear this and parang mm. or, i used to always be told like oh welcome you know so sports like kang peklat, walang sayo, right? So it became like this like, objective, like in order for you to have worth as a girl and as a woman, kailangan may sayo na lalaki, right? So I like really like internalized that, I think. Even being boyish, I made it my objective na magk- may sa akin. Like boys will like me. I will make it happen that I will wow. Boyfriends like, you know, and, I, and, and you were merely, you are merely a child at this time. Yeah, and, yeah. But then it's just like, that's, that's, we teach children that their worth is pegged on boys liking them. Right. So, right. And it's, it's very common. And maybe like, we don't think about it, but that's what we say all the time. Like, that's true. Whatever. Like, you know, it's always like that. So I was determined so, when I, like, entered college, I said, you know, I'm going to have a lot of boyfriends, and I did. Wow! Without, wow, okay. Without without changing, like, you know, I never really tried to become more feminine, and my parents never hassled me about, you know, dressing up more like a girl. It was really, like, more outside people who would always say, back at, you know, farm. because I used to even, like, wear, like, men's clothing, but then I still had a lot of boyfriends in college, but, you know, I... I always just wondered, like, I never took them seriously. Parang, parang wala akong am Just like, yeah, I, I don't like you anymore. Or parang makikibuk break lang ako ng wala. Like, you know, I had got this reputation in college na parang, I heard someone say na parang, oh, yan, parang nagpapalit lang ng damit yan pagkain magpalit ng boyfriend or something. Parang ganun yung yeah. reputation ko. And then, I think I was, um, late, I was late bloomer, nah, like 22 years old when I actually became really attracted to a woman. And then it suddenly clicked. Parang, oh my God, this is what's been missing all these years. Parang, it made sense to me. Parang, everything that I didn't have or. Couldn't feel for all the guys like I just felt for this one person and I just met her. Parang parang sobrang it clicked. Everything fell into place. Parang this is what's this is what people have been talking about. Parang I discovered this is, this is love. <laughs> or I discovered fire or whatever. I didn't even know if it was love or whatever, but it was definitely like the attraction that, you know, people feel for like another person, regardless of gender, but I was feeling it for a woman for the first time. And, Mm -mm. and when that happened to me, for some gay people know, like they feel a lot of shame or whatever. For me, it just made total sense. And I just felt so strongly about it. Then I just was just like, This, this is like the truth. And this is my reality. And I was never ashamed of it, because I just couldn't deny it. It, To me, it was so beautiful. And so like, great. So I never tried to like, be closeted or whatever, I actually told everybody.
1: You did. I was, I was going to ask you about that because it sounds to me like this was a self discovery for you. You were at the threshold of discovering yourself and the meaning of how it is to, uh, I guess to love and be loved truly by, by another person. It wasn't like a passing fancy or yung trends school, na mag boyfriend, mag girlfriend. This was it for you. But so you told everyone, meaning your
0: family and your friends, So essentially, you were coming out to them? I told my friends, my family, because during that time, I I moved away for college. Like, I went to school in Las Mm -hmm. Bañas, so, when I was only, like, 15, 16. I left home. I didn't really move back anymore. So during that time, I was 22. I was away from home already, so I didn't really tell my parents during that time, but I told, like, all my friends, because I was so excited. I was just, like, mind-blown. Oh, my God, this is it. Like, I've been, and I'm so crazy about this person and whatever. And I, I, I was maybe I was like shocked, but most of them were just like that's weird. And but and daming mung boyfriend, right? So I, I don't understand or siya parang bakit or whatever. And I I think I practically lost all my friends.
1: They're you just did. Like,
0: too like weirded out or madaming pangara, like you know, walang mga like you know, if uh, and they were also so shocked because I guess I was. Already a little boyish, but then, like, maybe they were expecting, but I had boyfriends, so they were probably expecting that I would be attracted to someone, a medium, more butch, or more masculine, or whatever. But yeah. it's not like I was, the first woman, at least, was very feminine, so they, most of them couldn't wrap their minds around it, and, like, you know, said a lot of, like, mean, like, things. Yeah. I, had to, like- I really had to discontinue a lot of the friendships, because it just, you know, it couldn't progress. There's right. no way. There's no way if it's just going to be puro sermon going forward. Yeah. And I wasn't going to change my mind or have to explain to everyone all the time because it felt so strong. Like, although it didn't last. Yeah. It completely Uh-oh. didn't last. And I was like super heartbroken. But I think I had to lose those friends actually to, I guess, to gain new ones. And to Mm-mm. also because I wasn't planning on changing my mind or hiding, right? So yeah i couldn 't like really reconcile because like, most people they 'll retreat back to the closet, or if their friends mm. don't approve like, oh, sige na nga, hindi naman siguro. like i'll just you know <laughs> i'll just try yeah. i'll just try to not be like that, but it was never that case for me, and after that, I just dated women exclusively after that I
1: want to ask you about this, and we can 't just uh, set aside the fact that. When you grow up in the Philippines, then you have to realize that it's a country that's heavily influenced by the Catholic Church. Yeah, yeah. So has that ever impacted you growing up in in the Philippines and knowing that not everyone, especially of faith, would understand mm-hmm. that, you know, you are a certain way, you are a lesbian or you are, you are uh, discovering yourself in this manner?
0: You know, I think… Everyone knows that religion is so deeply ingrained in us, in our families, and culturally, right? Catholicism yeah. has such a control, not over, like, just everything else, but, like, how we think. And not even talking about, you know, being gay, but even being straight. Parang um, we're raised in this uh, idea that sex is, like, taboo is something shameful, Then you're only Mm. allowed to enjoy it if you're like a married couple, and even then you're not really allowed to enjoy it. It's something kind of sinful, and there's just such a stigma about sex, and it's forcing people to, first of all, not educate their children, and for like teenagers to not educate themselves, and then it's you know it's caused a lot of like unplanned pregnancies, unplanned families, second, third families, affairs, broken marriages, because it's you know you're not you're not allowed to. Express yourself, discover, experiment, right? Or, you know, you're not... Yes. Yeah. so, even in the straight and heterosexual couples, such a stigma about sex. So, when it comes to gay people, it's like doubled and tripled. And like, <laughs> because not only are you not allowed to have sex, you're not allowed to really exist. You're not allowed to not you know, follow your gender norms, right? Yeah. And then the, the topic of gay sex, it's like completely, you're taught that it's completely wrong and shameful. And for many people, and I get these questions all the time um, from young people, it's always about religion. Like, how do you, comp- how do you reconcile religion With being gay, Mm -hmm. it's always the question that I get. I mean, for me personally, it wasn't really a big deal because the way we were raised, we were just really raised to think for ourselves. I mean, religion was part of it, you know, for a portion of our childhood, but it was really emphasized that you are going to think for yourself. And if you want to choose a different spirituality, then you choose your own path. So I never like tortured myself then, thought, oh, this is a sin, or people are not going to like me because... Because the religion says it's wrong and I should be ashamed. Like, Because I never tried to conform in the other non-sinful ways even before I realized that I was gay. So, But I do feel the struggle that everyone has being Mm -hmm. Catholic or Christian and gay or bisexual or trans. Because it's thought that you're almost like disgusting and you shouldn't exist and you should change. Because... You know it's completely wrong. It's and you're going to hell, and you're not. You don't deserve love. And it's to me like that's such a painful thing to teach your children. That's for true. Any reason, for any reason, right? Wherever whatever they are, like to actually tell your own child like who you are and how you, you know how you you act or dress is something unacceptable. I think it's the most It's the most not only hurtful, but terrible, terrible uh, parenting that you can do. But I do understand the struggles that people have. And I do get a lot of questions about that. And the way I answer it is I say, I have so many friends who are gay and religious. So the way they've done it is to kind of separate their faith with Mm -hmm. the religion as an organization made of people right because your faith is your relationship with your supreme being or your god right and it's it's just your one-on-one relationship and how your god guides you and how he, he he or she or they give you comfort and um separate this from the religion itself which is an organization made of humans and they have their own motivations and you know, a lot of that also has to do with raising money, putting up a church, like organizing people. And these are usually the people who make these rules, because they are nowhere in the Bible where you actually hear, like, at least the Christian Bible, you'll hear, like, actually God saying, "I hate gays and they should die." It's not in mm. the Bible, but these rules created by religion, they're made by the humans who have to, for some reason create these rules to whatever, control uh, people in their religion. So for the faithful who are also gay, you have to come up with a certain kind of like compromise and think about either accepting that your religion is not going to represent you and have still your own relationship with your supreme being or have a different way of expressing your spirituality. Like in my case. Right. I'm not super religious. I don't, I wouldn't say I'm like completely atheist or whatever, but I think I have my own spirituality and it doesn't depend on any organized religion made of people telling me the rules because I know, I know like deep inside and any person going through a a religious struggle uh, and being gay should realize that if your God really loves you, there's no way that he or she or they would make you the way you are and make you disgusting or not worthy of love. That's not, Mm -hmm. that's not a characteristic of any God in, in any faith. So it doesn't even like make sense. And once you realize that you are, you know, worth the love and consideration and acceptance, and you have that own conviction, I think you can face, you can face anything and you can stand up to your own religion or have your own way of expressing your religion. But without that, Without you first accepting yourself and having that strong conviction that there's nothing wrong with you, there's no way that you can convince anybody else, especially anyone else who loves you, that yeah. what you're doing is right. Because imagine, like, and I get this all the time. This question I get this all the time: "Part oh, my parents won't accept me because of the neto masama, whatever." But if you're really convinced na wala kang ng masama, right? Then you would be proud, and then you would just say, "If you accept me, then you do if you don't. I can't do anything because this is me, and I'm happy the way I am and then the person you're talking to who you're trying to get acceptance from can then decide if they want to be part of your life or not. but if you approach them and say, oh, I'm I'm or whatever how are you well, how do you expect this person who loves you?" be happy for you when you're miserable being gay yeah you're suffering It just makes you miserable why am i going to be happy for you why am i going to support you when you're just going to be sad you're just going to get sick or you're you're just going to get your heart broken right it's like you have to start with yourself and the moment you have that conviction and you love yourself and you accept yourself and you're really truly convinced that there is nothing wrong with you then the rest of the world will follow but until you get to that point no one will believe you and no one will accept you because it doesn't make you happy and you don't accept yourself it just that's just I feel like it's pretty logical but it's very hard to do
1: I, I don't remember anybody that I've encountered or has spoken to or had a conversation with who had insightfully and meaningfully answered that question. Ever until oh, with you. Shakira season. Seriously. <laughs> thank you so much. I appreciate that. I'm like, I'm listening and I'm, I'm absorbing all of these wonderful things and wonderful anecdotes that you're sharing mm-hmm. with, with us today on the pod. And there's actually a question. You answered the, the next question. Eh? Like, how, how do you advise people who are struggling reconciling yun s- their sexuality and their faith? But mm-hmm. you put it so clearly for, for all of us that these two things, they can be separate. And yeah. you can still go on with, with yeah. living uh, precisely who you are and, and just accept yourself yeah, for it first. This is
0: argument that I always give, especially like when there's like a homophobic response or they say like, oh, mm-hmm. sabi sa Bible, ba ang bakla, God hates gays or whatever, so you should be ashamed of yourself. But I'll say like, well, your religion also tells you that premarital sex is wrong, but wala ka naman problema having sex, right? So why is it different? Because you yourself have separated your faith and the religion and the rules of your religion. So how come gay people can't separate that? Or how come you can't separate that for the benefit of gay people? Parents sinasabi oh yeah, same-sex marriage is wrong, hindi namin matatanggap or whatever. But there are so many things na disregard mo sa religion mo, right? Premarital sex, contraception for one, right? Even answering back to your parents, like all these like... Dumb things like eating meat or during Lent, and I mean, we don't have a problem breaking those rules, right? But then, may we have a problem when gay people break those rules or they have a separate like faith that's not not part of their religion? But why? I always question, and I always question like straight people too, because it's usually like that's the argument that we get. So, I'm just like. I don't like. How come you can make exceptions, and how come we can't make exceptions?
1: I can imagine you having some sort of friendly debate over topics like this too. Th- again, thank you for, for the way you have explained that has never been so clear for anyone, not oh, just me, you. but everyone listening on the pod. Thank you, well, thank Shakira. You so now, much. I want to fast forward our to tuhan a little bit to the time when you met your wife. -hmm. And uh, you know what is the story like for you? Can you tell us how you two met and eventually fell in love and got together as a couple?
0: Our very first meeting it was uh, nineteen ninety eight. The Asian Lesbian Network Conference was having its uh, first conference in the Philippines in UP Diliman. Um, Mm -hmm. I wasn't attending, but I was dating someone who was one of the attendees and organizers, and she was visiting manila from new york and then she was dragged to the conference by one of her friends who was attending but we didn't we we saw each other and we didn't really talk although during one of the parties men coming like soiree <laughs> but daring there like we got there oh so okay little bit naughty with each other but okay. we never spoke and she ended up, you know, dating someone and being in a relationship and I had my own relationship and then I think it was only four years later na pareho kaming na bakante. So... But you so, knew. Uh, At the time,
1: you, you already started a, a friendship. So you were no, communicating no.
0: na. Never? You we were, we were not communicating. I think when we first met, no, we actually did not exchange any words or we didn't like, contact info or whatever. We didn't communicate. It was only like um she was visiting again and I was dating a friend of hers and then we kind of like started talking then but I was dating someone she was still dating someone else and then uh I think we started talking like on and off like through email but then timing was awful huh (laughs) yeah and I think it had to be because I was only 22 you know it was yeah it was still a crazy time so I had a lot to learn also and so eventually we did finally kami and we were both available and that was 2002 and she was visiting again and we spent them um, three weeks um together and then mm-hmm. she went back to New York that was I think like after a few weeks but I just felt like I don't know what I'm still doing here kind of we thought that para oh this is we're we're not going to be in an LDR and I don't you know I think this is like that was just we had just had to accept that it was just like a fling or something you know okay but
1: But you never had talks of of you know proceeding and trying long distance relationship after the three weeks
0: yeah I think it was like out of the question like we'll say like oh you know we'll try or whatever but it didn't really last long because I think like within the a month and a half I was in New York already (laughs) and that was like (laughs) that was like so crazy because and you know people i knew back then would you know remember this i did i I said to myself when i was young that i would never leave the philippines i was one of those loyalists Ni talaga ako, I'm not gonna be like everyone. Else. Sinabi ko rin niya sa sarili ko dati, <laughs> right, right. And I think like once you once you say that someone something is really going to challenge you, <laughs> you know, to challenge your convictions. And then I guess it for me, it yeah, it was my wife who came into my life, and then I was in the middle of you know I was um, managing, helping my dad manage the family business, and then I was also. Um, in the middle of my MBA when mm-hmm. all of this happened. And then I just decided to like drop everything and just leave and go to New York. And I thought that it was going to be a disaster because, you know, we didn't know each other really. Right? But what so was the
1: plan, Shakira? At the time, Where you were, were you were twenty two, and you were in the middle of your life, being 20, in the Philippines.
0: I, I was twenty six already that time. Because at twenty six, now, okay. Four years passed for so. that period. Yes. Yeah. Well, you know, when she left, I think within the next few weeks, I think she also like felt like, you know, what is this? Are we going to do something about it or whatever? And she actually said, you know, would you like to go on an adventure with me? And I said, what okay, an I'll invitation. Go. And I said, oh, yeah, okay, sure. Like, I'll try. Wala pa ako USB sa So, siyempre, apply pa ako. It was so nerve-wracking. And I did get the, the visa, so I, I came. And then, um, what was the plan? The plan was to see where this was headed. I was pretty convinced that it was going to be a disaster because that's just how things go. <laughs> like, we, don't, we didn't know each other or anything, but... It didn't, right? So th- that was 2002. And, um, and then 19 years later, here we are. I mean, that is such an amazing love story. I mean, yung, yung, what initially
1: started as a whirlwind romance. Yeah. Here you are, like you said, many, many years later and advocating for LGBT, being a writer and living your life in Brooklyn. I also understand that you left for the U.S. to be with your wife yung, uh, um, and that changed everything for you mm-hmm. and i think that's a very brave thing for you to do just to sort of peel your your life yourself away from from your life in the philippines mo nga, loyalist ka, idealist ka, hindi ka mm-hmm. and at what point in your whole thought process na nasabi mo na okay there's there's no turning back this is it i'm taking i'm taking this road.
0: You know, once I actually came here, it was it was, it was was a struggle. It was very hard for me. And, and 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 that wasn't something that I expected. I just felt like, you know, Filipinos were so Americanized, right? Parang, it's not going to be hard. I speak English, so it's going to be fine. But then... You're brilliant. You know, you're talented. Like, yeah, you know, like I spell, <laughs> my spelling is better. My grammar is better. <laughs> <laughs> You've got the a words. degree. Yeah, right. You know, so parang... Ang right? But then, and this is why I also recommend to a lot of young people to just try to to leave the, the country even for a little bit because it teaches you so much for your, about yourself and about the country that you left behind. And the criticism I always I, I always get this, and a lot of um, Filipinos abroad get this all the time from Filipinos back home. parang iniwan you yung bansanya, right? And so mm-hmm. it means it doesn't mean enough to you to stay but actually when you're displaced right you're displaced you're exiled you're away from everything that you know you're able to see a lot of things clearly and you actually hold so many things dear of your homeland because that's the only thing that you have it's you're not completely surrounded by it that you're able to take things for granted like you're by yourself and this was before social media video calls. or anything. So you're completely disconnected and out of touch and you only have yourself and the memories that you have from back home. And how are you going to maintain your own identity and your own culture in a, such a foreign place? Even though I was with a Filipina and we had a mm-hmm. lot of you know, Filipino friends and there are Filipino restaurants, you still feel so lost because it's so different. The culture is different. The language you thought you spoke, hindi naman nila maintindihan kung nag-English ka parang. And then you don't really also understand American English. It took years for me to get used to it. Every single day, it's like a struggle of like, what's important to you? And are -hmm. you Filipino? And what are you going to keep from that life? And I think you hold on to so many more things that you wouldn't actually even give a second thought. If you had stayed in the Philippines, so it, it was tough. It was tough for me. I was crying a lot of the time, a lot of times. Like, oh, uh, yeah, not because of you know I was lonely, but also it was tougher for me for the first few years, right? Um, especially when you when you go abroad, you become so tough, right? Kasi yes, lang yes, You know this especially uh, uh, i'm sure, <laughs> sure maslalat say because you're in the middle east you know and pag nagkakasakit yung ganyan you know, eh i mean it, you're going to have to tough it you're, out you're on your own wala kang right and then it's like oh merong nang ng nang, nang bastos sayo or may nandaya sayo you're going to fight your own battles you can't run to any family member or wala kang susumbungan you have to defend yourself or get over it or accept it whatever your defeats are there's just so much that You've had to take on yourself. Yeah. Just being away and not relying on anyone. Tapos, pagong wanang umuya sa Philippines parang. My mom asked me parang. I was afraid that you were going to get so tough, like the way everybody get stuff when they go abroad you know, sabi niya, kasi and were you what did your I mom know, say were you exactly how she she thought you were going to become parang, ang, ang doon ng ko. like you know Talaga. I, I don't know because I think you when you have to like find your own way and defend yourself and find your own battles and then you can't do that now back home someone either is fighting battles for you or there are battles that you cannot change then you're just like you you can't you can't go back to that the the way you were before. So it's sad in a way, but then it's also like it's also good to accept the the life that you actually already have. And it's not it's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. It doesn't mean you love your country less. Uh, it's you know, and it's not a contest of like the longer you stay in the Philippines, mas mahal mo yung Philippines or whatever. I think Tama. A of, lalo madaming patriotic. <laughs> misconception things, yan eh. Yeah, oh, and oh, about, eh. Umalis, umalis ka, hindi mo na yung Philippines. But there's so many people who stay who you don't really love the country or you don't really like want the best for the country, right? Like let's not measure it based on the number of years the next day because the Philippines or whether umalis ka or hindi. First of all, most Filipinos leave the the Philippines for financial reasons and you can't blame them for for what they need to do for their families. And you can't also like say you love the Philippines less because the Philippines if can, you can't feed your family, it doesn't That's matter. That's right.
1: That's true. May tanong ako sayo. Have you experienced delays in money transfers abroad? Madalas skabang nakaka receive ng calls from your family about missed payment deadlines. Hasil, tiba? Let me tell you a way around it. With the Freebie app, you can pay directly to major billers in the Philippines. Iwas Hasel, iwas delay. Payment done in just one click. Through this feature, you can also gift your family with load, e-cards, and more. For more information, go visit freebiecalls.com. Again, that's freebiecalls.com. Or download the Freebie app now. Available on the App Store and Google Play. Discarting Pinoy, discarting freebie. So, Shakira, you flew to the States to be with your partner. Um, this was in 2006, Emma.
0: 2002.
1: I didn't didn't So, how was day <laughs> one like for you?
0: I Well, you know... They, there's a saying that goes that smell is the strongest trigger of memory, and what I remember wow. is that it smelled dif- everything smelled different. Mm. Um, I, I came here in October, so fall season, so there's a different smell of like falling leaves here, or like uh, wood burning in the fireplace, and then like mm-hmm. visually, even the even the pigeons here are fat parang <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well fed sila? Oh, oh, oh parang <laughs> kahit yung mga stray birds eh, parang malulusog sila kahit yung, yeah, walang, wala, parang walang unhealthy looking or maybe I was just oh, looking oh. in the wrong wrong place, that's what I and also, I really felt like just being far away and lonely and away from everything I knew you know, which was So, so it felt like,
1: entirely foreign for you?
0: It, you know, part of it was like, you know, we all grow up with with American culture embedded in us from the very beginning. So you always think that it's not going to be so unfamiliar. But mm. to me, I still felt like the difference, especially back then, 2002, um, New York was pretty diverse. But still, in, there weren't really a lot of really people of color as much mm-hmm. as now. And it took me a while, I think, to also adjust to American English being spoken, and you know, getting a job here and just getting used to American culture and being away from you know my friends and yeah. everything I know Ikaw ba
1: yung tipong OFW na naghanap ng like-minded? people na naghanap ng community ka agad online because uh, you do all sorts of sports and you know that you have your yung mga personal inclinations mo towards uh, yung mga endurance training and all that and basketball. Did you look for friends who are also into those things or well, like you said, selective ka talaga?
0: When, well, I didn't really get into the, the running and the stuff, other stuff until like Eight to ten years. Nanan dito na ako. For the first few years, it really was just work, and mm-hmm. um, you know my partner and her family and her friends. And she was very like my my wife is very sociable. She's a social butterfly. Completely, complete opposite of me. And she had her own network here of uh, Filipina lesbians already, and also also mm-hmm. Asian lesbians. So. It was very easy for me to find like like minded people, and we never really like had a problem as far as like friends. I just you know started hanging out with the friends that we we all had, and we didn 't really have to and then, this is New York too, so it wasn 't hard to find like your own uh circle to be with
1: yeah and tell me this, despite what the u s offered at some point Mar in Bang certain longing uh to go home or to this day huh? and it still miss the Philippines or would you say that really New York is now your home?
0: We've built like a life here and you know, it's, it's, it's not, it's not a bad life. Of course, we still very much enjoy going to the Philippines. Sometimes we think about, you know, siguro when we retire, baka uwi kami, or, you know, who knows? But mm-hmm. it's, it, I think it's very hard to, have your heart two places at one time, you kind of have to make the most of where you are because it's too painful, right? It's too painful na parang you're longing for something else na you can't have, you know, yeah, again, that's parang, true. Parang, pag-i- parang pag-ibig, right? Parang ibig it's the same, right? Parang, yeah, like, wala, wala kana man magagawa, so itatanggapin mo na lang, like, like, also what you have. So at, at a certain point, you just have to accept, like, where where you've built your life. Mm-mm. And then I was very active in social media too. Has social media um, played
1: um, like a significant role in fostering you know, your strong connections with your family still in the Philippines and Philippines in general as your homeland? Is that naging constant sa your life now that um, you're far away? Social media or is it like uh, regular calls to the family? How do you stay uh, strongly connected with everyone back home?
0: Uh, and interestingly enough, actually, it's only during the pandemic that I started having regular calls with my family. Same here. Yeah, right? <laughs> Lalo na yung sa ating OFWs. Right, like, because everyone's on lockdown. So, you know, my, my parents are uh, older. And so my oldest sister decided to organize, like, regular calls with my parents para malibang naman sila, especially because they mm. can't leave the house. So, and we started that. And actually, it's the first time. In almost two decades of being here, we have regular calls with family, which is actually very strange. It's very strange. Why? You know, a lot of like, insight to learn. Because we never had communi- that much communication before, even when we were physically around each other. And then meron regular communication. It's almost like we have to, it's the first time we're building some kind of like family dynamic or whatever yeah so, yeah that's another topic altogether and uh, as far as like social media like I, it's helped me become more connected to the Philippines and actually like people who read the stuff that I write you know and I try to maintain like regular communication with with them and social media has definitely helped a lot in that respect
1: now I want to ask you next and uh, if you can give us a little bit of um, like an insight cuz in the philippines you've got your your degree and you're you're an excellent writer and sabi mo nga kahit na iba yung natapos mo talagang you gravitated towards writing how easy or hard was it for you to get a job abroad and uh, to to start a life as a professional in the us tell me about ano yung mga main struggles mo ano yung hmm. naging highlights that you can still remember to this day mm-hmm. getting to to the point where you are now as a oh, professional okay.
0: yeah uh i don't know if you're all like familiar with like american like Im- immigration system like in order for tell me stay, it's, i mean it's pretty difficult i think it's very like challenging uh when i first got here in order to stay i had to get a work visa so kailangan mong magpanap ng job na sa sayo and that was nearly impossible back then and completely impossible. Now it's just, it's just very hard. So, um, but I was determined, right. Because I had moved here to be with my partner. So I said, I'm just going to try. So I actually have a picture of this moment where I'm posing with all of the resumes, the letters that I was going to send to like, Oh wow. Over a hundred veterinary clinics in the area. Just a shot in the dark. I just got the yellow, yellow pages, pa nun, right? So, you know sent all their address nila, And then I just like, I said, I'm going to mail my resume with a letter. I'm willing to do anything, whatever. Start from zero. Within but a down. mile
1: radius, is bayan, or? Oh, with actually, <laughs> like, the tri-state.
0: Tri-state area. The tri-state. Oh, okay. Tri-state area. So, pretty ambitious, but shot in the oh, dark. Okay. But I was determined, <laughs> I'm going to do it. So, I have this picture na merong, all these things. So, I sent those out. No, I got one response, and um, it was a clinic, uh, maybe like fifteen blocks from where we lived. So I went to clinic, and then there's this uh, white guy, the vet, the boss. So in interview ako and he said, "So you graduated from the, the University of the Philippines?" So for me, like, hindi, I have never heard anyone say University of the Philippines before. The UP, right? UB, so, right? <laughs> right? Yeah. So. So I'm like, why do you know this school? And then he pointed to his diploma behind him. That was UP. UP No! Are you serious? Vet Med. What? What was his name? And I, I actually recognized him. And he was like one of the foreign students there during that time, a few years older than me. And then I saw the other diploma which belonged to the other boss there, another white guy, and he graduated from Araneta University. Oh my goodness. Angaling. Luck and like chance, right? And would never have happened if I didn't send like all those resumes and whatever. Right. Angaling. And then he said, Well, we had the same teachers and we have the same training. So whatever I know, you know. So Angling. you know you, you 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 got the job, and I said, "Are you going to sponsor me?" He said, "Yes." So, maglang may job na ako that time. It's completely just out of chance and just an absurd story. But what an amazing you. story! Oh my goodness! It's like meant to be. Oh so, oh. So I stayed there for uh, a couple of years and. Yeah, and then I I got I got burnt out of, like, trying to be a vet. Yeah. And then I started to do something else.
1: The freebie Dito sa Great Connections Podcast, lagi nating sinasabi na importante ang maging connected ka sa pamilya mo. And alam mo ba na Freebie offers the most convenient way to connect with your loved ones through its Freebie Calls feature. Basta online na din ang pamilya mo sa Freebie, pwedeng-pwede kayong makipagkwentuhan. Araw-araw na walang kaltas sa load. at pag hindi pa laging online ng pamilya, okay lang yan. You can also enjoy making direct international calls to the Philippines at the most affordable rates and even free. With Freebie's three ways to call, connecting with your family has never been easier. O oh, di ba diskarte sa pagiging connected. So, download the Freebie app now. Discarding Pinoy, discarding freebie. Available in Google Play Store and App Store. Now we've we've heard how spontaneous and how as if you know the hand of God placed you in that moment and really reserved that job for you and how you got your first job. Pero. How about certain biases uh living abroad and working as a professional, like gender bias discrimination at work, racism, if we yeah. may or may, n ba, did you experience those?
0: Yeah, I you know, as a person of color, um I think racism is part of your daily life. Like it might not be like, you know, overtly like a racist moment mm. where someone is harassing you, but just simple biases that you hear, like you know, um, when I was first starting, and you're just talking to a client, that was, you mm-hmm. commented and like, oh, wow, like, your English is good for an Oriental girl, you know? Oriental it's, girl. Yeah, you know, it's just parang, why? Like, I'm just wondering, like, why am I supposed to not speak English based on how I look? Like, because that's already the bias, right? Like, you're mm-hmm. you're not supposed to be able to speak the language, or hindi ka pa nagsasalita, mabagal na sila magsalita na parang hindi mo may
1: <laughs> Ay, natawa ko dun. Oo. Because that also right? happens here.
0: Oo, right? A lot. In slow motion na sila may sign language na. Or, I've been in a job interview where hindi pa ako nagsasalita. And the question already is, are you gonna have trouble with the English language? You know, and then, you, know you have to take all these things in stride because you're just like, you're you're an immigrant, right? And obviously, mm. you're a minority, so you have to understand like how people think of you. It's not right and these are their biases and you can't really like do anything even though sometimes you're mad kasi parang eh, mas magaling kaya ako mag-English sa spelling ko kaya mas magaling and it's true. <laughs> <I> mean, <there's- laughs> but, but, this is, but this is an internal conversation you have yeah. with yourself, huh? Okay, you've never really spoken either. out.
1: Oh, because, okay. You no, know,
0: because like I also used to get it, like, at my old job. Talagang ako yung, yung criticize, kasi ako do yung wrong grammar. Kasi sila naman yung obviously, like, wrong grammar and wrong spelling. And then they're just like, shut up, you're the foreigner. Like, okay, I guess you're right because I'm the foreigner or whatever. And then you just, you learn to live with this. And then you're just like, oh, at least it's not worse. I mean, I've gotten as far as, like, someone actually calling me. And you probably can't, you have to mute this. But they, they I, I've, I've gotten called a before
1: you wow. uh, have,
0: yeah so okay um and then i was i, I wanted to be like but i'm not <laughs> 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 yeah, Ay, you know? oh, inject humor yeah, na lang talaga yeah, yeah but i mean you know, you know we've heard about the recent like rash of anti-asian violence mm. lately because of you know the uh, former president we had and the way he spoke about the virus and And so now the Asian community is targeted. So that's pretty scary. And it takes like Mm -hmm. racism to the the whole new level. But at the same time, um, people of color have been targeted before. And I feel like, you know, it's just for this particular time, it's like Asian Americans are being targeted. It's not right. It's still scary, but it just lends to the reality that as a person of color, you are always targeted, thought of as different and there will always be biases against you that's mm-hmm. just part of your reality and actually you already have that armor and you're already cautious and you know and you know this being a foreigner where you are you already have that you know radar of like danger right especially being on your own so that's just the reality that we have
1: how about gender biases as a gay woman in in the workplace any experience um, uh that's worth noting or that you would like to share and how you how you um manage that the situation how did mm-hmm. you go about it
0: well fortunately brooklyn at least in our neighborhood is pretty like progressive actually mm-hmm. known as the oh that's great to the know the gay gay more gay areas of uh new york city so it wasn't really that hard but I have to say that, you know, for the first few years I was here, I think I pretty much like, I was pretty like gender conforming. I wasn't very feminine, but I had longer hair. It was a different time, 2002. So, you know, I wasn't out in the workplace. I didn't really like, you know, come in there being out. And I just kept to myself. And uh, I said, I lived with my cousin because I didn't really know, you know, Baka to ako na iba or, you know, may, that might be a reason that I might get discriminated. So, and also, back then, even though this was a very progressive area, like, my then partner, my wife now, used to warn me na huwag kami holding hands because we might get, you know, bashed or, you know, hate crime mm-hmm. kami. And, and when I first moved here, sabi ko, parat ang lukot naman. Bang! Dalurong babay, hindi pwede mag-holding hands, but in the Philippines, oh, we do that. The like BFFs. Stuff. Yeah, right? So parang sa like, what a sad people you are. Meron <laughs> pa <laughs> Listen <laughs> to you. Meron pa ganun. pa But actually, it wasn't like religious discrimination, but just like someone crazy, like attacking you, like for being gay. But, you know, that was um, 19 years ago and that so much has changed with... Um, Legalization of gay marriage and all the protections that we now have for gay people has changed a lot mm-hmm. uh, but not just safety wise or protection in the workplace, but also you, the attitudes of people towards gay people and um and it's it's actually very it's interesting because like for example i I started a job about five years ago. And that was already the right. time, legal na yung gay marriage, and it was illegal to discriminate gay people. And Mm-mm. I said, I'm gonna start this job being out. Wow. So Good not, on I you. How was that I, like? I didn't want to. I didn't want to announce, right? I didn't want Uh-oh. to like, oh, hi, I'm gay. But what I did on my very first day, I put my wedding picture on my desk. Oh, you did? Ang sweetie. And man. then, so, so, in my head, sabi ko you know what, everyone here is wedding picture, family picture on their desk, right? It's no issue. So I'm going to put my wedding picture. If you have an issue with it, you deal with it because hindi ko issue yan, right? So if you want to like, think whatever you think, or if you want to discriminate against me, like, well, that's illegal. And that's your issue. It's I said this time, it's not going to be my problem. Like it's going to be your problem to deal with it. So interestingly enough like it's really just all positive responses or it's not a big deal or they have to keep it to themselves because they're not allowed to
1: to say, to it say out. anything, to say yeah. anything out
0: loud but i think it's also because of you know when gay marriage became legal it became like a normal thing where it's just everyone you know somebody who's a same-sex couple who got married so it's just it's ordinary now and if mm-hmm. even if even if before that time, you were close minded, you had to deal with that reality and it's it's true what um and this is like a and i'm re-paraphrasing a quote from Hillary Clinton when she said that sometimes you have to pass the law before the attitudes of people change and I think that's what happened when um they passed the same sex marriage law. then people's attitudes changed, and also gay people became safer and more free. I know that Definitely, they legalized same sex marriage in New York City. I felt seen, and I felt like, you know, if I'm walking around in the city, tapos merong mag and my police no makakita, it's his job now to protect me.
1: Yes, right? to serve and, and protect you.
0: you. Right, and it's whether or not you feel that way, that's your job now because it's the law. So it made you feel hmm. kind of like, you know what, the law is on my side and it made you feel a little bit safer. Mm. And what would you advise though? Cause
1: I mean, in your case, in based on your experience, um, you had you had the law. I mean, everybody recognizes the law. Uh for others who are living elsewhere. Um, in other parts of the world, or perhaps you know, listening to us and being an OFW in mm-hmm. a foreign country, mm-hmm. what what would your advice be if um, right now they're struggling with gender biases, Ganyan, uh, mm-hmm. being a gay woman or a gay man, yeah. living abroad and working? I know what's what's a piece of advice that you can give them.
0: You know, I mean, my my outlook, of course, is very privileged because. You know, I live in a country where this is all legal and we have all the protections, but most of our OFWs are in countries that are very conservative, right? And they have all mm, these laws. That's true. And not even just about being gay, but just like you don't have really any rights or protections as, you know, a, a Filipino or a foreigner, a foreign worker Mm-mm. in those places. And you, I'm sure you you know about this. My only, like, advice especially to gender non-conforming people or like we people, trans people is OFW especially is uh, you nang bansaka for a reason, right? And you have your own mm-hmm. goals and your objectives and the things that you want to achieve. And there's really like, you have to focus and just really set your eyes on what you hope to accomplish for yourself and your family and the, it's very difficult reality to be like on your own in a place uh, where rights, and you know that you can't really, you know, speak your mind or fight for mm-hmm. yourself. So it's hard to say, but I'm sure that you know, uh, rest of um, LGBTQ people, like, for us, hiding is almost like also a second nature way to protect ourselves.
1: Yeah, self preservation. You, yeah,
0: you just have to try and to, I guess, be under the radar. And we're so used to this. And you just have to find like your own people. And you have to find people that you trust, circle of friends, maybe that you can be yourself with. It's very important. And, you know, it's hard enough, actually, even if you're not, you know, you're not gay, but it's even definitely hard if you are especially in very conservative countries that you know is never going to it's never it's never going to be okay because it's like yeah. it's closely it's closely tied right with um economic situation also in the treatment of women and children in those countries if women mm. and children aren't really treated well in those countries parang you know all the more gay people aren't and if the economic situation is not good you know and and um yeah so just Try to find your own space and your own people, and try to just focus on your objectives. Well, I think I mentioned earlier that as far as like, as, at least in my earlier years, uh, I wasn't really gender non-conforming, so it was very hard if they wanted to discriminate against me based on being gay. Also, I've always been in an area and a major, at least, you know, tolerant or accepting. Of being gay, but yung sinasabi mong about you know being a double minority, I do feel that uh, all the time because it's like you're not just you know you're you're many layers, right? So you're
1: many minorities
0: actually. Yeah, you're many. You're a foreigner. Foreigner, right? You're so yeah. So it's there's a lot like to. there's a lot of biases that you can experience aside from just plain person of color or you're Filipino or you're Asian, whatever biases that they have. And then you're gay pa. So, yes, I mean, I've experienced that. Like, have, I like really had a negative experience. I feel like, and then, actually, pa have experienced a lot of the 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 discrimination about being gay. No, really? In, in, in New York, actually. Yeah. yeah. Some of my jobs that I had in the Philippines, my job, it was rough. <laughs> yeah.
1: Now, as we come to a close, um, Shakira, I, I want to ask you this also, na, you know, about the importance of, of finding your tribe. Would you say that you were able to find a supportive community? Because you did mention this earlier, na, mm-hmm. yung nga, being an OFW and then you're, you're gay and then yung nga, you're an immigrant or a foreigner. There's so many layers of, of uh, being a minority just rolled into one and there's a lot to unpack. Alam mm-hmm. yon. So is it highly important for, for one person, for whether heterosexual or you're straight or gay, na, to find your tribe or to find a community that would support mm-hmm. you and help you get through difficult times.
0: I'm tell you a story. There was once a young gay man who came to me for advice about, you know, being gay difficulties. Mm-hmm. And I, what I said to him was this, your struggles as a gay person, actually, or any stru- person with struggles, your struggles are never your own. There's always been someone before you, and there will always be someone after you. It's just a continuous thing. If you're an oppressed minority, a lot of things will not change, and people will have their own biases. And your your job is to learn from the ones before you and to make it easier for the people after you. And the only way you can do that is to reach out to people like you. And you know, and it's it can can be hard because you know it's very isolating, but you have to remember that uh marginalized marginalized groups throughout history have been able to rise up and help themselves and you know um get the rights that they deserve by uh joining together and sharing their experiences and and their struggles and someone out there will help you understand how they did it and especially for pinoy's you know moving here it's always helpful to hear someone else's experience kung papanan nila ginawa before. And sometimes it's hard also to kind of like humble yourself and admit that, you know, you could use the help, but there's so much to learn from our fellow Filipinos abroad. So yes, it's very important, especially for LGBTQ community to just find your your own people. And And I've always believed that your family is chosen, so... You can always create your own family. Like, for example, here in the States, during the holidays, we have our friends and we have our own kind of family gathering and we're all immigrants, right? And our families are all far away and we, we kind mm-hmm. of like come together and then you just, you make the most of what you have. It's, I think admitting that it's tough, I think, will help you um, reach out more to people like you.
1: Shakira, thank you so much for the lessons, the insights, mm-hmm. and this meaningful conversation. Oh, thank you. You know, as a whole, yung mga natutunan namin yung ayon yung mga kwento mo, and your life experiences. Now, as we wrap up, we're about to end the interview. Mm-hmm. I want to ask you just one last thing. As a final advice now on living a completely different uh, life in a completely different country, what's your advice? sa dun sa mag-embark ng journey na yan about to become an OFW themselves and listening to the podcast today and they have you in their ears anong pa sa, anong hindi you pa know, eh anong, ano nga <laughs> ano pa baon mo sa kanila
0: <laughs> about like people na gusto maging OFW i think the most important part you know struggles are always going to be their loneliness and jan lahat but bakit ba tayo nangingibang bansa for the most part it's to improve our life and to improve our Family's life and the most important True. thing we have to remember and prioritize as OFWs is financial security. Like karamihan sa a nagbabranday, right? And then whatever we earn, pinapadala lang sa Philippines, and you just entrust it to a family member who might not have the same goals as you. Like have the have your own goals and have your own plans and make sure that your money is being put to good use. And daming natin narinig na they work all their lives abroad. Pinadala nila yung money nila sa Philippines. And then they retire. but nila, wala silang kahit anong savings, right? And you're back to square one and you work all your life to do that. Mm-hmm. Like, have, you know, learn or ask around how to have, like, you know, be a little more financially savvy. And I always say this also that someone's already accused me of, um, that it's my favorite word though, it's emergency. Fund. What is? Emergency. Fund. Oh, I love that. I love that term too. I have that. Yeah. So <laughs> I work on my emergency fund. And I was always saying, like, what's your advice? What's your advice? And I always say, I always say emergency fund. And so they said, is that your favorite word? I said, no, but it should be yours. If it's not your favorite word, and if you're not saving for an emergency fund, you are in a dangerous situation because. Especially, you know, we tackled this before. You're on your own in another country. Ikaw lang yung aasahan mo. And sometimes, ikaw lang aasahan ng family mo, right? And if you don't have an emergency mm-hmm. fund, all it takes is one accident. You get sick or you lose your job all of a sudden. And if you don't have that financial cushion, and I recommend one year of expenses, what are, where where are you going to get the money? Isang kamangutang yan, you know. So, you know, you will be in a in a bad situation if you you spend all that you earn on other things right. or, or luxuries before securing your emergency fund. I think it's very very important, especially for those of us who are abroad. And sorry if that's a cheesy, not not LGBTQ ending, but. Having, having an emergency fund it gives you so much confidence to leave a bad situation leave a bad relationship leave a bad job and it just makes you feel like you're going to be okay no matter what happens so it i can't stress the importance of that more
1: and message received. Again, thank you very much, Shakira, You're uh, for content. this lovely conversation. And I'm sure our <laughs> listeners on the pod would uh, keep repeating and going back to this episode to, you know, just absorb and relive your words, uh, on the, on the show today. Maraming, maraming salamat. Thank and we so hope much. to, uh, we hope to hear from you again in the future, in the not so distant future. Wow, Where can I'm we follow so t- you, by the way? where can we follow you on uh, social media
0: so i'm on twitter shakira season i am on instagram shakira season i am on ask fm also shakira season on facebook it's i think it's season shakira and just google i'm all over the place i guess so <laughs> I <hope laughs> you, you made like, yourself available <laughs> i hope i hope you like what you find and if you
1: don't then not too bad we will we definitely will thank you shakira it's been wonderful and uh stay safe stay safe out there and uh, say hi to the wife
0: and thank you so much for having me everyone please stay safe and healthy thank you so much thank you so much for this it was fun
1: again thank you so much to the one and only shakira season for dropping by the pod One of the things that I picked up from our conversation with Shakira is that there are always going to be people who do not understand who you are. But don't let that hold you back from discovering more about yourself. And don't compare your journey to the journey of others. Yes, challenges are inevitable, but living abroad doesn't have to come at the expense of being proud of who you are. May diskarte And with that… Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you guys enjoyed that episode. Join us again in the next one. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts so you won't miss an episode. Share it with your friends and family as well. My name is Chloe and this has been another episode of the Great Connections Podcast. See you in the next episode.